thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Dr. Lawrence Tam. I'm Dr. Damian Kristoff. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness to our lives. And as a wellness guy, or as a wellness practitioner, one of the things that we come across a lot, I'm sure all of you will agree, that uh, you know, we're seen as an expert, knowledgeable about wellness and health, but oftentimes we're judged. You know, judged not only for who we are, but we also think that, you know, everybody thinks that we're judging them on their behaviors and what they're eating and what they're doing. And um, and that's so not true. And Damien uh, came across this today, really. Um, Damien, would you like to share your story and sort of, you know, kind of start it off, start this off on our show today? Yes, I will. I will. And uh, excuse me if I have a little bit of a rant. I don't I, I mean not to rant, but it might sound like a rant. I. Uh, I became aware that there's some people uh, that 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 know me and my wife, and uh, it turns out that they feel uncomfortable having us at the, around at, at their house uh, or in their social groups because we have a different view on health, and so they feel like when they mention something about what they've decided to do for their children on their health, that I'm judging them. Um, because of our views on health versus their views on health. Now, that couldn't be further from the truth because I I love when people embrace whatever choice they make as long as they don't make anybody else feel bad about the choices that they've made. And so I'm very much open to the choices that people make with their health. Um, I just get concerned, I suppose, that people out there have a um, – a very authoritative view or a very um, aggressive view towards the health decisions that I might make with my family. And uh, and I suppose that's what got our conversation going, wasn't it, boys? I, yeah, I was a little sure. grumpy. I was, I was upset, hurt <laughs> that uh, people uh, might think that uh, they can't include me or my wife or my son in their social environment because we have an alternative view to theirs um, about health and well-being. They're not going to like you now that you announced it in public and, <laughs> and through the world. And I'll tell you what, Damo, well, I'm going to go into bat for you here because you know what I mean. Well, some people will be listening to this and thinking, well, maybe he does. Like, maybe he does judge people. Maybe that's what goes on. But I think it's really important for us to go into bat for you here, Damo, and say you, you're just not a judgmental guy at all. No, so not at all. It's it's obviously not coming from your end. It's more like Brad um, usually. And it's, it's the fact that you've made those decisions that people are, um, I guess, confronted by the healthy decisions you make. Um, and, and I guess maybe sometimes how that reflects, that that, they, that makes them think about the decisions they make and, and maybe subconsciously they're not always happy about them or, or maybe they are but they're just really passionate about it and want to speak their truth about you know what they think or um, I don't know. But it's um, it's certainly not a reflection on you, Damo. I think it's important we, we say that. Yeah, for oh, sure. thanks, thanks, mate. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, that you go to dinner and there's a number of conversations that you just don't have. One, you don't talk religion because religion often ends in a war. Could possibly a world <laughs> um, You don't talk about um, politics. You definitely leave politics out, you know, off the dinner table. Um, some people 
shouldn't talk about bowel motions, although I tend to bring that up at uh, dinner <laughs> conversations. <laughs> I love talking about poo. Um, but what's happened now is that we don't talk about health unless we're around like-minded people because otherwise it just it can end up in disaster. And uh, it's concerning me because it means that you can't have an open discussion about health. You can't have uh, a meaningful conversation about the health decisions that you make because someone's been loaded up with an opinion based on the marketing or based on stuff that's been you know bandied around as dogma and uh, and now all of a sudden you're a bad guy because you're doing something that hasn't been taught in the last five years of medical school so you know come from me who's uh, been labeled mr perfect right <laughs> you know everywhere i go and everywhere and even my own staff sometimes you know if it might be you know they might say a joke or something or they might go out to dinner and they might say oh like you know, Lawrence is here. Don't say that. You know, it's it's like well, I mean, I'm not an outsider here. It's just like I understand what the other other you know other people are thinking and doing. I'm, just, I'm not judgment. You know, we're none of us are judgmental. But the reason why we did this, we're doing this podcast. I think it's important because we know that one of the things that happens when you're listening to this podcast and you decide to make a change in your life, all of a sudden there's going to be people judging you automatically. Like it's not about you judging them. It's about they will feel like they're automatically judging you that you're doing something wrong or that you go, why are you doing that for? So one of the things we're going to do today is going to list out some of the things that some challenging situations, like some you know specific topics that we'll go through uh, and basically how to overcome that. All right. So that's what we're going to start off with. Now, let's, uh, let's, do, let's start with Brett first because this is an interesting one for you because you and I don't. He does uh, this well. Yeah, he do this very well because <laughs> both of us don't drink at all. Let's talk about alcohol. Like what happens in a situation? Have, you know, give us an example, if you can, of a situation where you come across where people you know, force you to drink or say, why aren't you drinking, Bretto? Yeah. Um, you know, and tell us how you deal with that. Well, this was a big one for me because I, I had a pretty big group of friends. I still do have a pretty big group of friends. Um, and a lot of that friendship group, though, revolves around drinking and alcohol. Um, so for me, when I was younger, that was a big part of my social life was going out and drinking regularly and, and often quite heavily and, and you know enjoying that and going out and having fun and all those things you do when you're younger. And, uh, and so I, I left South Australia, headed off and did my chiropractic degree and then started, uh, practiced over in New South Wales for a little while and then came back to South Australia with a completely different paradigm around health and around what I ate and what I drank and all those sort of things. And so for my friends, that was a really big shock um, and they really struggled with that when I first uh, stopped drinking. Um, and it, it, you know, it seemed to come about in a couple of ways. You know, sometimes I think they were um, you know, concerned that I was not going to be drunk and I was going to remember everything that went on and you know, that maybe I would use that as a I don't know, lever to get back at them later on or I don't know what they thought I was going to do. Um, but you know, sometimes it was that they felt like I was denying myself that I was, you know, really missing out because I wasn't doing that. Um, but, but, but essentially what it came down to was that they were constantly sort of badgering me and pressuring me and quizzing me about why I wasn't drinking and, you know, why don't you just have one? Why don't you just, you know, lighten up? Don't be so, you know, whatever. And, um, but really for me, I think the, what it came back to was just you had to I had to just show by example I guess that that I could still go out with the boys that I could still have fun that I could still do all of the things I used to do before have a great time and actually not drink and you know that was okay and you know once they sort of got used to that and you know used to the fact that I could still go out with them and I was still happy to go out and you know dance till three in the morning or whatever and and not have a drink then they kind of came around and they, they're sort of okay with it and you know, one of the interesting things now is that getting to the stage where all the boys are getting a bit older and they're all now sort of feeling maybe the effects of some of their lifestyle choices and starting to think differently about it and, and coming back and asking me questions about, you know, what I'm doing differently as well. So it's kind of been an interesting journey and process. But, but really I think what it came to for me was just 
deciding I was going to do it, um, deciding I was going to stick to it, and then you know I guess showing by example that it's still possible to have fun and be healthy and you know do that without alcohol. That it's not a necessary part of our culture, as some of us seem to think. It's so true that what one of the things that I know that comes with the, the first people that usually reject us or not reject us but judge us is usually our family, like the closest family member, you know, either the partner or you know maybe mom and dad or their sons and daughters, and and that's a hard thing. And this this next topic we're going to talk about food, which is going to be a big one, Damien. So I'm going to let mm. you lead off of this. But this is one of the most challenging things. Like usually, one member of the family decides to change the way they eat. Right. Yes. And then the other side, the other partner goes, "What? You know?" They'll say, "What the hell is this? <laughs> what am I eating? Rabbit food? Um, yeah, you know, or whatever food. it is." And and it's sort of like, you know, what happened to you know our uh, you know pasta dish or whatever, spaghetti and bolognese? You know. And um, how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, obviously, you just came across this type of situation. Um, let's talk about adult foods first, and then we'll talk about kids. Okay. So we've got a number of different food sensitivities in my family, my extended family. And for some reason, um, this Christmas, someone decided to absolutely ignore, one, the preferences of what we would all decide to eat, you know, in terms of healthy food, um, fructose-friendly, lactose-friendly, and gluten-free. Like we, all across our family, we tick all of those boxes. Yes, we might be a little bit uh, gastrointestinal challenged. Let's just say that. But, uh, you know, someone said, well, I don't care about all that stuff. I'm going to bring a um, – what's that thing with, with, with sponge in it and jelly and, uh, and cream? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, is that the English dessert? Oh, sounds like a lamington. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called, but trifle, trifle. Yeah, that's what it's called. Trifle. <laughs> well, somebody said, I'm going to bring trifle. And I kind of went, oh, how come? And she said, well, because I want to, right? But it was kind of, it was only because no one else had ever wanted it or even wanted to eat it. You know, it was just it was just a weird thing. But it was almost like a sabotage thing. People like to sabotage you to kind of trip you up. So what I found was interesting is a whole bunch of people that probably shouldn't have or wouldn't have normally eaten that didn't have that uh, ability or courage to say, no, nah, I'm not going to have any of that. So they put some on their plate. Most people had some of it and then chucked the rest out or they polished off the plate and probably dealt with the consequences later. What I tend to find easiest to do is just to decide what I'm going to eat and then not eat anything else. When people go, well, how come we didn't have that? And you go, well, I just didn't feel like it. It's as simple as that. Mm. There's also another part. Like I know my parents. My parents grew up in a very... Um I guess in a very poverty state, um, you know, my mom, you know, was a, you know, oldest of like eight, seven children, and my dad. They both, you know, in China, and my dad grew up in India. I thought and you were Korean. <laughs> no, I'm not Korean. That's Sai. Uh, That's Sai. Oh right, right. Uh, <laughs> my parents, like parents, obviously grew up in poverty. They're very, very poor, so their nutritional um, obviously wasn't great. But the thing is, one of the things that happens all the time now is that um, it's that mentality of eating everything on your plate. You know, like they come over for dinner and they just look yeah. at me when I, I finish, I'm done. There's this portions of, especially my kids as well, like some portion of the plate. Like my kids is full, they're full. Like I don't force them to finish off the plate. You know, the kids know when they're just done. And, well, that's uh, why they're so skinny, mate. <laughs> like, feed your kids. <laughs> what, like how many parents I know, I know a lot of parents out there. It's like, feed your kids. Like, what, they got to eat. Like, there's skin and bones, you know, whatever it is, right? Oh, and no. especially uh, uh, different ethnicities will have that pressure. I mean, I went to, went to my friend's house who was, uh, I think, a Greek family. And they, just, they had like three, four different types of main dishes. And they wanted to feed us because we looked so skinny too 
to the grandmother. So, you know, and it happens all the time. So let's talk, Brett. You are good at this, especially when it comes to kids, kids' food, right? Yep. Um, you go to kids' parties, and uh, parents are saying, why aren't you, why denying your child of yeah. these luxury items of um, lollies and all this other sweet stuff? Yeah. It's Coke and fructose. It's such a tough one, isn't it? Especially when it's a party and there's all the food there. And, um, and people don't understand that, that perhaps our kids actually just don't want it. Like our, our kids don't crave it because they don't eat it at home normally. And so if, if no one makes a scene about it, they're actually quite happy just not to have it. And, uh, and it. People, people don't quite get that. And so they feel like the kids are really being denied. And, and what they don't realize is that our kids are just as happy having some fruit or having something different. But aside from that, there's that whole kind of party pressure thing. And, and I find the easiest way to deal with that is just not to make a big deal out of it. Like I'll just, you know, we'll just sort of navigate the scene and find out what there is there that our kids can eat and sort of point them in the direction of that and help them, you know, find something that's that's at least reasonable for them. And, and then, you know, when they, if something else gets offered to them, I'll say, look, you know, no, sorry, our kids just don't eat that. And I won't, I won't try and go into a big lengthy explanation about why or, you know, whether there's an intolerance there or anything like that. I'll just say, look, our kids don't eat that. And I, I think a lot of the time they just assume that they've got some sort of intolerance or something. I don't know what they think. But it usually just works. That it, if you don't, It's almost like the more you try and explain yourself, the more you set yourself up for an argument. Yeah. Um, and so if you just sort of say, look, no, they just don't eat that and, and just move along, then most of the time people are happy to go, oh, that's, that's cool and, and just move yeah, along as well. That's, that's yeah. it. If you say that they don't like it, that's fine. If you say that they're allergic to it, uh, I'm not allergic, you know, they're you know, oh, we're trying to, to we're intolerant, or you know, oh, we're you know, we're trying to teach them healthy thingos. Then they'll go, oh, you know, just once, just once. But if you say yeah. that they don't like it, then they're going to go, oh, that's good. How good's your child? Yeah, you know, it, it's a different language, different different words that you use. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on to the next topic here. This is a big one. You know, medication. <laughs> we, I don't think any of us have any medication in our cabinet or in the house whatsoever. But there's going to be people who goes, well, what do you mean? Just take a Panadol or you know, aspirin or Tylenol in North America and just take that. Hey, can, can I jump in here? Because we've, we've had this situation where people have come over to our house and, um, and someone's come over and they were, I think they were staying at our house actually. And they said, so where do you keep your Panadol? And we said, well, we don't have any. And they said, what do you mean? We said, well, we, we don't have any, like we don't keep Panadol. And they just freaked out. Like, this conversation went for about 45 minutes because they yeah. just could not get their head around the fact that we didn't actually have Panadol in our cupboard. Yeah. We, some we people take it daily. Some yeah. people take it every day. Like some people pop a Panadol to get to sleep or some people pop a Panadol uh, when they first wake up in the morning for their daily headache. Um, it's, it is amazing that there's a, such a culture around that people rely on pharmaceutical drugs or over-the-counter drugs um, that have a, such a significant effect on the body and are dangerous, um, but they they feel the need to have, you know, the mesindol, the panadol, the um, nurofen, the nurofen's advance, nurofen plus, nurofen whatever, nurofen for kids, panadol for kids, um, all of these things lined up in the cabinet just in case they've got to play doctors and nurses one night, and I don't I don't get it. And, and the thing is, when you actually have it there, guess what? You use You're it. You use it because <laughs> it's it's yeah. there. You know, other than rather than thinking of other alternatives to to actually you know deal with the problem or just let the body deal with it. It's amazing. Uh, what amazes me about is um, I talk about sometimes. You know, I want to go back to Canada to travel. You know, take my kids back there, but it's a long, long, long flight from here. And he goes, you know, most people just say, well, just give them, knock them out. <laughs> knock them out? What drug you your kids. About? Just drug your kids, you know. <laughs> Put them to sleep for 12 hours. <laughs> and so how do you answer that, Lawrence? <laughs> well, first of all, they do usually say it to me in my practice. And then this is when I actually start to go through the whole whole thing. Cause it is my practice members and, uh, and, and patients. I, 
you know, you do explain to them like that's not this. This is like obviously a drugless profession. First, of all, you gotta understand where I've come from, but I deal with it by most of the time, depending on who the person is. Obviously, right? If it's someone who I know really well, then I'll go through the explanation of why. If they're actually interested, see, that's the biggest thing is that us practitioners oftentimes make the mistake. The mistake is that we make that we need to make everybody we make ourselves right, and we yeah. try to shove. Um, all that information onto someone. And I think that's the biggest mistake that we could do because that actually turns a lot of people off. What we got to do is pick, sort of choose the people who are actually want to know. If there's going to be someone who says, you know, like, and ask the question, like, why wouldn't you feed that to your child? Or they said, well, what's wrong with it? Then they're obviously somewhat interested in maybe giving them an answer. And you kind of just sort of, you know, you might say something, something, you know, very short and sweet. And then if they want more that you can see it, then you kind of go into the details. But if they're not really not sure, they're just joking around, then it's like, you know what, it's not worth the fight, which we talked about with the food. You know, it's really, really important that us just because we're a health practitioner doesn't mean that we have to, you know, shove our health judgment onto other people right away. And this is what we started off in this whole conversation. Yeah, and it's not just health practitioners that get that fall into that trap as well. I find often it's it's the the people who are just really passionate about what they do and you almost see it as a cycle I find that when people first discover something new, like when they first learn new stuff and and learn new stuff about health and well-being that that they then get really passionate about it and just want to share it with everybody, which is such a natural thing to do. It's um, a bit but sometimes in doing so. Evangelic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes in doing so, you end up getting yourself into more arguments than you need to. Often with people who actually aren't interested in listening to your side of the debate anyway, mm-hmm. um, and and so you end up just creating this scenario where you are having these sort of arguments and discussions that you just don't need to have. And and often what I find is as people get further into their their journey, then they start to sort of chill out a bit about that and go, well, look, you know, it's your choice. You know, if you, if you want to find that information, I'm happy to give it to you. If you're not interested, that's cool. You know, and just you know, almost say less to the people who don't really want to find out more and then, you know, just save the discussions for the people who are willing to listen and willing to learn and are interested as well. I say lead and, by uh, example. Like that's the best way to, to change people is lead by example. And then sooner or later they're going to say, what are you doing that I'm not doing and how do you look or feel the way you do, right? That's the best way to do it. And if once they ask that question, then you know that they're ready to, to you know, hear the answer to it. But there's no better example of that is when it comes to diet. Like, you know, when people says, this is new fat, like, oh, it's lemons. You got to have yeah, lemons. Lemon it, cures, it cures everything. Arthritis. My pain's all gone. And it's like, or, you know, it might be yeah. the next thing. It might be papaya. You know, whatever it is, it <laughs> yeah. happens all the time. And it's like going through these fads. And um, it's, it's such a, that diets are one of the things that everybody hones in on. And it's passionate people. You're right. It's not just health professionals. It's just passionate people who did something which changed life, which is fantastic, but doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, everybody should follow that regimen. Mm. Mm. All right, let's move on from medication here to other therapies other than medicine. Like, God forbid, we all have to see a medical doctor, right? So all of us, <laughs> we're, we're, obviously, we're all chiropractors. Um, we are, you know, alternative therapies out there like naturopaths. There's other, other, other people that, you know, people see on a regular basis. We have patients that come see us on a regular basis. But then oftentimes, I know that on my patients... All my clients get criticized from other people, from family members, and say, well, why do you bring your child or why are you going to the chiropractor on a, such a regular basis? You know, Damien, would you like to tackle that? Yeah, the other day I was adjusting a, uh, a personal trainer and uh, one of her clients said, oh my gosh, it's a worry when the personal trainer's got to see a chiro. And, uh, and she said, no, I do this to keep myself healthy and well. 
Um, I look after my health by seeing my chiropractor regularly. And she then went on to talk to this person about that. And this person thought, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that, that could be the case. A lot of people have no idea why you might in- involve yourself or involve your family in another model of healthcare that could enrich your life or could enrich your well-being because you start to understand different things outside of a particular model which we you know, see on television all the time or see in movies or we've been exposed to quite broadly. So... Often it's just a misperception or a lack of understanding as to the reason why people might have a throwaway comment or a comment such as they do. The very judgmental people about these sorts of things know very little about them and often uh, they're the best ones just to walk away from. But I tend to just uh, encourage my practice members to say things like, well, this is my health assurance. These are the sorts of things that I do to assure myself of good health rather than just spending money on health insurance, which will pay for me when I get sick. That's what I encourage people to say. One of the things that I do is is I have I adjust my family in the practice. You know, there's, I do it for two reasons. Number one is that sometimes at home I'm not as focused because when I'm at, I'm at work I'm focused when I'm adjusting. And so when they come to the practice, they're going to get an adjustment just like anybody else. And you know, people realize that you know just because we're chiropractors doesn't mean we don't get adjusted as well. Like I mean, I get adjusted on a weekly basis. I get checked by other chiropractors, so we actually follow our own regimen as well, right? But the thing is, the second thing it does is it also shows that hey, my family's getting adjusted as well on a regular basis. They don't just like I don't leave my my family alone and only adjust you guys. So that's one of the reasons why it's really important that to to experience that we live our lifestyle, right? Yeah. We don't just talk about our lifestyle and what's healthy for you. I actually, you know, each one of us live the lifestyle we're trying to teach you, and so that's really important that for people to know that. Well, it just comes back to that leading by example thing, doesn't it? When they when they see you doing it and living it, then people start to understand and they, they look at, you know, how you're living and they look at what results you're getting and that often makes them then think, well, okay, maybe there is something in this. You know, maybe there is a reason why Lawrence goes and gets adjusted once a week. Um, you know, maybe there's something to that. And so, yeah. uh, you know, the, 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 end, uh, the end result is if you, you know, if you do it and you're living it and you're getting good results and you're healthy, then, you know, all you need to say is, well, because it keeps me healthy. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. All right, let's move on to another topic that you know, I love talking about because people criticize this all the time is, is supplementation because you know, there's so many things out there and a lot of people say, why are you taking that? You know, why are you taking fish oil? Why, why, don't you know that's just uh, expensive pee? Um, you know, so Damon, obviously you being the naturopath here, love for you to comment on this. Sure, sure. A lot of people, um, I suppose, again, have an opinion about this because they might have read an article in Time or Choice or Clio or Cosmo or some kind of men's health <laughs> magazine or something reputable like that. The really respected journals. You yeah, were looking at your, really, you're looking at your shelf, aren't you? It's just going through all the magazines. I, I actually did, I did look over there to see what I had, but uh, there's nothing there. But um, you know, they read things and they go, oh, vitamins aren't worth anything and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what I know is, is that when people take vitamins or they take minerals and their body's deficient in those minerals, or when you take high enough doses of certain herbs and vitamins and minerals, they do alter the way in which the body responds to the environment. But that means that there's got to be an effect. Now, you could class that as a drug-like effect, although it's not as powerful as a drug-like effect. It does definitely have an effect on the body and it will influence the way in which the body deals with the environment. So that in itself means that it actually does do something. If at the very, very least it means that you have expensive urine, I would like to have expensive urine just in case it actually works. So, you know, I'm I'm not worried about um, spending... 
three or four or five dollars a day on supplementation um, on a daily basis. That's a bit of fish oil, coenzyme Q10, multivitamin, you know, a B vitamin from time to time, maybe some herbs to boost up my adrenal glands to give me a little bit more energy so I can talk faster. Those sorts of things I don't mind doing um, on, a, on a daily basis just because just in case it does work, mm. I want to be there. I don't want to wait to then find out, oh, you should have actually taken those vitamins um, because – because they're good for you. I'm just I'm going on a hunch. Yeah. Um, the research says that it works. Research also says that you know if you eat a diet that's rich in nutri- nutrients, then you're going to do better. So if I can enrich my diet with high high quality foods and high quality vitamins, I'll, I should get a better response. Well, and one the, of the, one of the things with the wellness guys is that you know we all have different thoughts. Like I know, for example, and it goes back to about judgment here. Brett, I know you don't take any supplementations. I don't believe. No, right? no, yeah. I don't think so. But yet, you don't actually have a judgment on that on, no. on people who do take vitamins, right? So, no, absolutely not. Yeah. There, there would be heaps of people in my practice who take vitamins and supplements. I'm sure there are, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think that's great. Like if that's if that's what works for them and that's what they're getting good results with and that's what they're happy with, then great, go for it. Yeah, excellent. So I'm going to cut off the um, sort of one of the last few topics we're going to talk about is paying for. Uh, extra for health insurance or paying for something extra for health. For example, when you go to the food store, um, maybe you know paying extra for the organic side or maybe paying extra for the, the better leans of meat. Brett, you do that often you know, in your neck of the woods. Tell Absolutely. us, tell us why. Like, you know, wh- how do you deal with that when people judge you on yeah. you know, paying extra for food or whatever? Yeah, it's so kind of why would you pay extra for organic? So why would you pay extra for grass-fed meats? So, you know, and once again, it's, the easiest way to say that is, oh, I just prefer that. You know, because you can't argue with I prefer it or I choose it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's it's not making a judgment about anyone else. All I'm saying is, look, I prefer to go that way. Um, and then if they ask me why and they, and they genuinely want to know, then I'll go into some details about why I do choose to do it that way and, and you know, what the benefits are of, for instance, grass-fed meat versus grain-fed meat or organic versus non-organic. You know, I'll happily go into that there. But, but usually it's just, well, that's just what I prefer. That's what, I, that's what we choose to do for our family. Hmm, excellent. Well, let's hit the last topic here is on sunscreen or just being out in the sun. Damien? We lost Damien. I no, I'm here. Damien. I'm here. Okay. I'm sorry. I just said I'm on mute just in case I was nostril breathing into the microphone, but obviously <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I thought he fell asleep there for a second. <laughs> no, no. It is late. It is getting late. Um, the sun, I spent a lot of time in the sun today. I played golf and uh, and I love, I love golf. I love cricket. Uh, I love sport. I love the sun. Now, you don't have to protect yourself from being sunburned by lathering yourself in skin cancer cream. It's far better to actually just wear appropriate clothing and a wide-brimmed hat. I know it's good to show some skin and some people like to flash more skin than others, but that means that you might actually put in chemicals on your body that will absorb into your skin and go to your liver and may not be too good for your body. So we do know that certain chemicals like titanium dioxide, for example, or sodium lower sulfate have disastrous effects on the body. And they're they're two chemicals that ideally you'd avoid for the most part forever and ever and ever. But uh, you, like Brett and I were saying earlier on, you can actually wear a wide-brimmed hat like Brett would do. Um, you can wear a long sleeve shirt like you know many people would do. Or you can wear sh- you know long pants instead of shorts, um, and still keep yourself cool and and you know well covered without putting skin cancer cream on you. And you do need the sun. You need to have the sun, and you can keep your goggles off and uh, and get access to the sun, and uh, and that'll affect the way in which you manufacture various hormones such as melatonin and serotonin. One makes you happy, one makes you sleep, and the 
sun is responsible for doing that. So you do need sun. You shouldn't just cover up all the time um, and you shouldn't lather up all the time either. But just, you know, think of ways in which you can protect yourself other than with creams. If you are going to use, if you're going to be, you're going to be using creams, choose something better, like things that without all this chemical stuff in it. There's lots of sunscreen out there that actually has non-chemical based stuff on there. Choose an organic version of it and just got to search for it. Guys, that's an awesome episode. I love it because it was just awesome. Being able to, to help people get through judgment is really important because that's what every one of us is going to come across um, when we actually start to make changes in our life. And no matter what it is, whether it be mindset, whether it be our food or, um, you know, dealing with uh, other therapies that we might want to choose to use other than uh, the normal allopathic model. So make sure you go to thewellnessguys.com. Tell us what you think about this particular episode. But more importantly, actually go to Facebook and tell us sort of when you've been judged or when you felt that people felt you were judging them on their choices of food or their diet or anything like that. And like always, make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe to us there and join us with our with our brand new shows on thewellnesscouch.com because we got some exciting shows that are coming up um, as of the next couple of weeks. And so we're going to be hitting shows. I think almost a show a, a day, I think, almost. So we're almost there. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be lots of stuff. And make sure you join us on the Wellness Summit. Uh, that's going to be happening in the Gold Coast, uh, Australia, on uh, the Saturday, March the 3rd. All right, um, guys, that was a great episode. Thank you so much. And uh, until next week then, begin creating wellness into our lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.